Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. This is K-16, Mulholland. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and a series of endless back rooms filled with irregular-sized Banana Republic khakis. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian... As Ben McKnight. I can't get these khakis over my calves. <laughs> Why are they so tight? Lupine as Rosa Garcia. Oh no, not the khakis. And Matt as Diego Kennedy. Hold on, Ben. I got the I got the jaws of life I borrowed from the fire department. We'll get you out of them khakis if it's the last thing I do. But those won't be invented till 1989. <laughs> oh, no. Welcome, players. How's everybody doing tonight? How are we feeling? Having a very good afternoon, evening. Thank you for asking. And uh, Lupine is fresh from being on the road with oh, Justin. Of all no, I did my drive back alone because Justin did not turn into a cryptid and I did not take him somewhere and then he flew home. But you did get to witness Mothman's glorious cake. You got to buff it. You got to breathe out. <sighs> Shine it up. Well, the statue is very shiny. Is it in your pocket right now? Mm, is that a Mothman statue in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> yes. I'm glad you got back home safely. Thank you. Uh, Well, you know, guys, with the uh, writers and directors guild strikes seeming to stretch on indefinitely, I've been reminiscing lately about employee dissatisfaction. Tell us a story about a time when you were so annoyed or unhappy at a job that you quit, called in sick, or otherwise took action in protests. I was a mortgage banker, and the company was pressuring me to sell a mortgage to this old lady that did not need it to meet our quota. It would save her about $12 a month in her mortgage payment, but it would add about $15,000 to her mortgage. So I did not go in that day, the day the loan expired. So it did not get processed. I worked one summer at a trail stable, a riding stable. Towards the end of the summer, I was just so fed up with the customers always, right? Because people are idiots around horses. (laughs) My boss was constantly, you know, the customer's always right, the customer's always right, the customer's always right. So I had to bend over backwards. I couldn't say things like, stop doing that because your horse is going to get annoyed. I have to be like, calm down the horse because the person is doing something stupid. I was like, you know what? I'm done. For a very short stint, I worked in a Best Buy selling cell phones. The absolute worst day of my job was Black Friday. The second worst day of my time there was iPhone release. Release day. We would take, you know, pre-orders for these ahead of time. And what we would do is we would have all of them stacked up behind us, you know, with name tags and barcodes and everything. So when someone says, hey, I'm here to pick up my phone. Here's my information. You could turn around and look through the stacks and, you know, grab what you needed. However, there was a not small subset of people who were like, oh, the phones are right there. I want that. Give it to me. And I had to explain umpteen times that no, I don't have any phones to give you. The ones behind me are already sold. Like, somebody already paid for this. I can't just give it to you because you want it. That's that's not how it works. Yeah, it wasn't long after that that I just stopped working there because my immediate boss was actually a really cool guy, but everybody above him was an absolute fucking idiot. Well, uh, shortly after high school, I got a job near Chicago at a call center. 
it was literally one of those mind numbing jobs where you would call current customers or subscribers of a magazine or a warranty or insurance and convince them to re-up. Now, sometimes you had to cold call random people, trying to talk them into buying something they just didn't want or need. And our supervisor was high pressure, adopting the laughable coffees for closers attitude, hanging over your shoulder on every phone call and harassing you to call faster, close more quickly, sell, sell, sell. I lasted all of two weeks before I simply stopped showing up. I learned early that life is too short to waste it at a dead-end workplace where you can literally feel your soul being crushed minute by minute. Let's go, Union. Let's go, Union. As of now, we have set up a Lovecraft Tapes Players Union. Uh, Jeremy, we're here to collectively bargain about what you're doing. To I'm our sorry, characters. you're breaking up a little bit there, Matt. We're going to have to mute you for a second. I'm going through a tunnel. All right, listeners, if you would like to drop us a letter from beyond, please visit lovecrafttapes.com anytime and fill out our contact form. Let us know what terrible jobs you gave up. Uh, we do accept well-considered criticism on the podcast, fawning praise, and even leftover tater tots, but only if they're like super crispy and doused in locally sourced hot sauce. Mmm, tots. And this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes, so thank you. Thanks, guys. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, concerned citizens. Officer Flap McCarty here once again, reminding all you kids and responsible parents to be super safe out there while trick or treating on Halloween night. Before you suit up for sawing, remember these quick tips. Number one, safety begins at home. That's right, before you even set foot outside your domicile, check your costume. Make sure the mask is tight-fitting to your face, especially around your mouth and nose areas. If you find it a little hard to breathe in and out comfortably, or if you get dizzy, don't sweat it. Just remember, all the hyperventilating will keep you extra warm if it gets cold out there. Bonus points for choosing a get-up that's long, flowing garments that hide your feet. It'll look like you're floating in the dark. Number two, go hands-free. On blustery Halloween, you don't want to hold on to too many things at once. After all, what would happen if you dropped all that candy after four hours of continuous trick or treating? Womp womp. Instead, be sure to refuse any hand-holding, whether it be from that cute boy down the block or, worse, your younger five-year-old sister. Boy, is she a drag or what? And whatever you do, do not carry a flashlight. They're bulky, prone to flickering at just the wrong time, and a waste of good batteries. Besides, your eyes will just adjust to the darkness in no time, all on their own. And finally, number three, test the goods. Why spend all that time at the fire department with all your hard-earned sweets at the end of the evening just so they can throw away any suspicious treats? It's your stuff. Enjoy it. A good rule of thumb is to randomly select something from the bag every four houses or so. That way, if there is something wrong with it, 
you'll have a good idea of who tampered with it, right? Plus, you have long hours ahead of you, and you'll need energy to take it all the way to midnight. Curfew Schmurfew. All right, kiddos, have a great time out there again this year. And remember Officer Flat Macarty's golden rule. Nobody ever died from a razor blade hidden in an apple. That we know of. And we're back. If that product and or service were a TV movie of the week, what would it be titled? The Bridges of Jeff? As the World Burns. I think I'd go with Monkey Shines, the true story of a murderous mammal. The twist is he's a sock puppet. It is time, my friends, to play K-16. Tape 9. Horton hears a Yarama Yahoo. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Deep inside the dark wooded expanse of the American wilderness, there are secrets waiting to be discovered by unwary lost travelers who stray too far from signposts and pathways meant to keep them safe and blissfully ignorant. Ben and Rosa strike out to find her cousin, but instead wander down a dark trail that leads them to something that might not be quite human. Diego struggles against the machinations of a damaged mind, finding the half-hidden remains of the real Nicky Miller and conversing with a phantasm that wears his father's skin. When the trio are finally reunited at camp, they are presented with fresh horrors that have been born during their absence. Diego, Rosa, and Ben. Harcourt and Lindsay shamble toward you from up the hill. Eyes blank white, Icarus leeches spilling from between their darkened teeth onto the ground. As they step closer, you are overwhelmed by the hideous stench emanating from their bodies. The putrid scent of... of... licorice? Harcourt's lips slowly curl upward in a hideously midnight-stained grin, and his eyeballs roll down from hooded lids, lancing you with a gaze full of mirth. Psych ya! He shout-whispers, spitting out the rest of the black jelly beans in his mouth. Jesus Christ. Lindsay follows suit, winking at Ben and clutching her notebook. It worked on the bad guys, too. She shrugs as they rush past you toward the docks. Come on, dummies. Are you sure the leech is in the water? Oh, boy. Hesitantly start towards the docks. Let's go to the docks and we'll tell them what's happening and we'll send them on their way, okay? I want to know where everyone is, though. Well, they might know. Let's go find out. Okay. Uh, what time is it right now? I believe it's probably late afternoon. I guess everyone's going to the docks? Yep. We're going to 
follow Lindsay and Harcourt. It's where we needed to be anyway, guys. It's by the water to fight the beasts, the monsters, the crazy crazies. Yeah, but the thing isn't going to be here until midnight. Are we using Harcourt and Lindsay as bait? Well, let's see what they're doing first. <laughs> we'll decide on that after that trick. We might have to. Yeah. I'm going to rush up to Lindsay. That was really smart. She and Harcourt are busily prepping a couple canoes. And she turns around and gives you a, a smile and says, thanks. And her teeth are all black stained. Uh, where are the rest of the kids at? We can explain on the way, but um, the, some of them left and uh, the other ones. Oh, I wrote some notes down. Okay. But I think we really need to get to the raft first. The raft? Yeah, the raft out there. And she points towards the middle of like where the raft is. What happened to the other kids? We should probably go before they get here. Ah. Uh... Yeah, you guys, come on. Jeez. Where the hell have you been anyways? Like actually doing stuff? And uh, they each climb into a separate canoe. Come on. I hate to break it to you, but uh, there might be something in the water. Trust me, there is. I got the whole thing written down here. Come on. We can't go with you guys. Why not? You can't stay here. There's way more than you know. We got to finish this. You are not going to finish much of anything if you stay here. Oh, that's all I needed to hear. Our only chance is in the raft. And you hear a clatter up in the mess hall. Broken dishes. Shit. Is that where the rest of the kids are? Yeah, some of them. Um, I, the other ones, I, I, we should probably go. But how are we going to be safe on the raft if there's stuff in the water? We'll explain. Explain now. Explain now. There, there's nothing in the water. There's nothing in the water, guys. Oh, there is. What do you mean? We saw stuff go in the water. We saw the leeches. Oh, the leeches. Don't, don't worry about them, says Lindsay. Why not? They're not that dangerous unless they come out of the mouths of the things we should we should probably go i need to be back here before midnight why because something's gonna happen and i need to be here to make sure that it does i'd rather not get you involved you know how it is it's for your own safety look i think you'll understand everything once we get to the raft diego let's just get them out there where they think they'll be safe and then we can come back fine we'll come out real quick and then i'm gonna turn around and come back I'm going to step into the canoe with Harcourt. What are you two doing? You're going to get in or what? I'm on a clock here. I'm going to get in with Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, we're going to leave Ben and Lindsay alone. Stroke, stroke, stroke. And he's done. We're just on shore. It's not working. Totally. You're still tied to the docks. <laughs> so the three of you pile into the canoes with Harcourt and Lindsay. They immediately take up uh, an oar and begin paddling towards the raft in the center of the lake. Hey, Harcourt. What's up, Diego? Are you okay? You look a little freaked out. Things are happening here. Tell me about it. Jesus. Where's Lem's tool shed? I mean, he keeps care of this place. He has to have, you know, tools somewhere. Like, where where would that be? I mean, you've been here longer than I have. Don't really know, but I do see him coming in and out of the counselor cabin quite a bit. So maybe it's in there somewhere? It's hoping to be a little easier to get to. I mean... Uh, Rosa, are, are you doing okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Nothing's fucked here, dude? Okay, that's good to hear. So you're going to start explaining, or... Uh... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's been such a crazy day. But, but what, what were you guys up to? Oh, you don't know the half of it. We saw some stuff. Yeah. Took a trip into the woods. What are you guys talking about? We're talking about the woods. 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 You're talking about wood? No, we're talking about the woods. 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 <laughs> so you guys were like, hang out in the woods? That's probably not the best place to be right now. I mean, I'm not slug controlled, so it's working out for me. Oh, dude, no, no, they're not slugs. They're like leeches. Tomato, potato. Why do you know they're like leeches? We've been hiding out the whole time. And like I saw like Peter and Counselor Tammy, they were like 
going on a rampage. They were chasing kids all over the place. And some of them took the boats and were like paddling for the other shore. I don't know what they're thinking they're going to do over there, but we couldn't stop them. They kind of panicked after you left. And and then some of them ran into the woods and then we saw them again, but they weren't quite right. A couple of them hid in the cabins. There might be one or two still up there, but those things, like they, they like turned into more of those things, you know, and they got leeches. So we just figured maybe try to hide in plain sight kind of thing. And so wait, how many people are on this raft? Uh, nobody right now. It's just going to be us. It's going to be us. You can see right there, the raft is empty. Here's the thing. You know that girl, Zoe Lorner? She's like super annoying. You know, she was in that couple bunks down from me. Maybe you don't know her that well, but she's one of the ones that got caught. I think Counselor Tammy turned her and she started chasing me. This is before we got the great idea. The licorice, that was my idea. And that actually worked... It, yeah, well, I mean, you know, we were just trying to get to the docks, so it only worked for a couple minutes, and no one chased us, so I guess that's good. I wish we would have thought of it earlier, to be honest, because then Zoe wouldn't have chased me, but she did. And uh, she was, like, right behind me, and I just, I freaked out, and I was like, well, I gotta get to a boat. I didn't care where I was gonna go, and I jumped into the boat and pulled away just as she fell into the water. Now she's in the water? She was in the water, because I watched as, like, these fish all swarmed around her you know like when you throw like a piece of bread in the water and like all these fish like zoom into it and try to eat it and stuff it did the same thing to her like it attacked her face and then something came out of her mouth it left her body it was like this eel thing with these two weird gleaming fangs oh great now we got slugs and eels the fish just ate it up tore it apart can you remind me why you think you're safe over here? Well, because the fish are going to eat anything that gets into the water. Pay attention. Yeah, now Diego gets it. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> We're talking about eels. eels when eels. can I ask what's happening? <laughs> How do you know the fish won't eat you? I mean, they're fish. They, they kind of nibble a little bit. They're tickles, but <laughs> they haven't eaten me. Yeah, okay, whatever. I know. I, it sounds crazy, but. So we get them into water and the fish eat them up. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man, but it's nice to have a little bit of a boundary between us and them. I hope it works. We have another plan, too, but we'll talk about that once we meet Lindsay and uh, Ben at the raft. Lindsay turns to Ben. What do you think they're talking about back there? I don't know. Probably the plan. Do you know the plan? Harcourt came up with it. I, I could have guessed that. Yeah. I mean, he is a little bit excitable, you know, but... I have to say, and she turns around to face you, stops paddling. So you're forced to keep paddling for both of you. But I only stay on one side, so we're just going in a circle. <laughs> and she pulls out her notebook and uh, flips a couple of pages to where she's written recently. I jotted everything down here. It was the weirdest thing, man. But I, I watched as Counselor Tammy was puking up those leeches. Mm -hmm. I think they're leeches, but they, they sort of seem like leeches. It could be slugs. And I noticed that they like spread out in front of her, uh -huh. almost like they were sensing for her Ooh. because her eyes were white. Kind of like she's blind or something, huh? And they would turn in one direction and then she would turn. I've seen leeches in the past. We had like science class. Uh -huh. I know leeches have really bad eyesight. They do. Is it like vi vibration maybe in the ground they feel? I don't know. Maybe a combination. I doubt they can operate a combination lock. She spit up like eight of them and they sort of fanned out okay. in front of her. Maybe they're just like feelers to see what's in the area. And then you go a little further and, blah, blah, and then the. Blah, blah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. God, Ben, you're so smart. 
So that's good to know if they can't see, we might have a little bit of a benefit, but they're so fast. I saw Peter like pounce on somebody as soon as the leeches detected where they were hiding. So we can't get close for sure. That's part of the reason why we're out here. Why did Harcourt think this would be the best place to hide? I mean, we're out in the open. Everybody can see us. Well, he he saw something and he thinks that the water is, you know, going to protect us a little bit. And he's got a point if what he saw was true. What did he see? He said something about the fish ate one of the things that was inside one of the kids. That doesn't sound good. Anyways, let's keep paddling and we'll talk it with the group, okay? So we don't have to repeat a bunch of stuff. Are you guys talking about a plan? Oh, hey, hey, (laughs) God, get away from us. Like, why are you so close to us? Watch out for the piranhas. (laughs) (laughs) And you reach the raft finally. And it's floating on some old barrels of some sort that say like toxic waste. (laughs) Property of the U.S. military. (laughs) Leaching chemicals into the lake. I'm going to jump up onto the raft and put my hand down and help Lindsay up. She ties the canoe to the raft, and then the rest of you also do the same. The nice thing about the lake in general is that it's relatively clear. You can actually see easily 20, 25 feet. Uh, Although where you're at, where the raft is at, it's quite a bit deeper. Oh, so we'll be able to see the lake monster coming for us. Clouds have moved away from the sun. So you've got bright blue skies again. It's a nice warm summer day. The shoreline is a little distant, but you can make out from this location silhouettes of the cabins. You can see some figures moving around. And behind you, a few other canoes beached, but no people. So Ben, you're a little worried because you know that this lake is surrounded by just deep woods and a bit of mountainous territory. So there isn't much over there. If those kids have any chance at extended survival, they're probably going to need some sort of rescue. There isn't an annoying camp on the opposite side of the lake that we have an unspoken rivalry with that we meet up with at the end of every camp season and have some sort of competition to prove who's better. We don't want meatballs. I love meatballs. You love balls? As you take in this beautiful summer day, Lindsay and Harcourt sit down cross-legged in the center of the raft and Lindsay pats the spot next to her. Looks up at you, Ben. I'm like, you want me to fart there? I don't, what do you? That's why I called you dummies. Oh, yeah. They're boys. Of course they're dummies. So I'm going to take a seat right next to Lindsay, but not Harcourt. I don't have cooties that I know of. Yes, you do. And we all know it. I do have a slight itch. I'm cootie-licious. All right, guys. So I don't have like a great plan, but number one, we know Lem is going to be back by morning. And I think we're going to be safe here on the raft from those things. They can't get through the water. That's true. And when he shows up with the help that he's supposed to show up with, we just make as much noise as possible and and have him come and rescue us. It sounds like a really good plan, actually. It sounds like it's thought through. Why would Lem not get attacked by those things, though? Well, I'm hoping that he has help. They're grownups. How much can they actually do? Uh, Adults are stupid. In absence of anything else, uh, do you have some sort of plan? Yes, and it involves me being back on shore by midnight. Why? Because something's going to happen, and I need to be there. And Harcourt looks at Ben and looks at Rosa, questioningly. We need to support Diego. He needs our help. What's he going to do? He's going to take care of it. What does that mean? Look, it's better for your safety if you don't know. We just got to do this thing, but you'll be safe out here, I guess, right? I should be. 
But Ben, I, I don't want you to go. We need to help Diego. What if these things get out, go other places and hurt other people? We can't let them do that. We got to stop them. Ben, Lindsay leans in to whisper in your ear. Have you looked at Diego lately? He doesn't look so good. He doesn't look well. Yeah, I don't think he's had any food or drink in a long time. It's called the South Beach Diet. He needs raw meat. That's all he needs. Look at his eyes, Ben. For the first time, I'm going to actually focus on him rather than being so distracted by everything that's happening. And look hard and long. Ben, what are you looking hard and long at? Shut up. It's natural. It doesn't take much observation to see Diego is distracted. He keeps looking left and right, and his eyes are juddering in their sockets slightly. Give me a minute, okay? Thank you for pointing that out. And I'm going to kiss her on the cheek. And she goes back and opens up her notebook and starts jotting something down. His lips are raw and nasty. Use some chapstick, buddy. Rosa, can I talk to you real quick? Sure, yeah. We go to the corner of the raft. And the rafts are a tip. (laughs) (laughs) Rosa? Yeah? I'm afraid Diego's been corrupted or something. I don't know. Maybe he has temporary insanity, but, you know... I looked at his character sheet and... Hey, that's private. I don't know if he's okay. I think he might make some wrong choices. Let's keep an eye on him. But what do we do if he tries to go? He's gonna—he's stronger than me. Let's bring the oars with us. And hit him? Well, yeah. I mean, if he does something we don't like. For fun? Yeah. He likes it. You sicko. He's always saying, harder, daddy, harder, daddy. Oh, duty priest. But seriously. Oh, I was always being serious. I don't know what you were. <laughs> I'm wondering if we should try to keep him here with us because he's going to go and he's probably going to die. We got to go with him and make sure that he's okay. Can we fight this thing? We don't have anything to fight with. Well, you're not listening when I mention doors. <laughs> Yes, and they're not good enough. Why not? We can just knock their block off. This isn't the talented Mr. Ripley. Spoilers. <laughs> You're right. He doesn't look like he's necessarily okay, and that's part of the reason that we have to go with him. But the minute that he starts to do stuff that's not fighting back against the monsters, we need to get him and ourselves out of there. Okay. Well, let's see if we can calm him down for a little bit. Maybe there's something we can do to help him relax or something. Let's see if we can rest for a while. But we'll tell him that we have a plan and we'll lay it all out so he knows we'll get back in time. So he doesn't think we're trying to pull one over. He'll probably take it better from you, to be honest. So when they walk to the far corner, I kind of notice because the raft tilts a bit. And I see them kind of lean in and start huddling. And I'm just going to kind of nonchalantly lean back a little bit and try and eavesdrop on their conversation. Uh, I needed a 25. I rolled a 21. That's a success. Yeah, but you just hear the fish splashing in the water. Who's got the best stealth? 60. I have the base, so you roll. I needed a 60. I rolled a 28. That's very hard. Try as you might, Diego, to catch snatches of their conversation. Uh, Harcourt and Lindsay are sort of keeping up a bit of a patter and discussing, like, you know, what is the uh, biology of these things? Oh, my God. Did you see what Kelly did? And then Brittany said that? Oh, my God. Leave Brittany alone! (laughs) (laughs) You had to ruin my one good roll that I get every single game, and now I'm going to fail literally all of my other rolls. Thanks a lot, Brian. Goodbye, Felicia. 
It says in the script that I roll to see if I can hear, so I rolled to see if I can hear. No, it says in the script you do your good roll later. No, oh. but the script was right because it told me to roll a 28, and I did. Oh, okay. Jeremy, why do you script the show this way? It hurts me. <laughs> so Rosa and Ben uh, return to the group, and as you come back up, uh, Harcourt says, Ho-hos? I-, I brought a few. It's chocolate. It's good. It's just sugar, but okay. You say that like it's a bad thing. I'll take a package if he has enough for everyone. Harcourt hands him out. Looks like he's got a backpack full. He's the ho-ho man. Diego, I kept kept the arrow, too. I still got the arrow, so. Nice. Anything comes, you know, swimming through, I'll just poke, poke, poke him in the eye. You keep that handy. You guys want to play, like, rock, paper, scissors, uh, Rochambeau? What, what? Yes. I thought we were going to play strip poker. Harcourt turns red. Um, uh, well, uh, yeah, maybe later. Uh, we can play after dark. Then we can't see anything. It gets cold at night, right? In California, 70. Exactly. We're going to need winter coats. We're going to need mittens. We're going to need gloves. We're going to need full wool hats. 70 degrees is not something you mess with. We could just catch a fish and open it up and sleep inside. (laughs) We're going to go get a tauntaun. We're going to drag it back out here. We're going to slit open and jump in its belly. And then we're going to have tauntaun belly dumplings. So uh, you guys play and eat and talk until the sun slips over the horizon. Hey guys, before we go back to the shore, maybe we should try to get a little bit of rest and shut eye. What do you mean back to the shore? I mean, I'm going back. In the morning, right? When Lem gets here? Tonight. We told you that we have to take care of this because the grown-ups can't. It's dumb. Why would you risk it? For the biscuit, okay? And the brisket. If I have to, I'll fight you. I'll punch you in the nose, Ben, Diego. Not you, Rosa. You taught me to protect people, and the protecting is is for you guys to stay here. I don't need protecting. You don't look right. There's something wrong with you, if you don't mind me saying. We have to go in the night. Lindsay starts to cry. Stay with us. Lindsay, I want to, but I can't let Diego do this alone. What is he doing? You guys don't make any sense. He's he's clearly sick. No, I'm not sick. I'm sick. There's something in the woods that is making the people sick, and we've got to take care of it. And we're the only ones that can because adults never believe us. It's better if you don't know. I've seen everything and I write everything down. What shouldn't I see? So I start describing mother father to them. It's like a giant worm. And it lives out there in the woods, and it's been doing this for a a long time. You remember that story about the kid that you told Harcourt about the kid who who looked like he died but came back? Yeah, of course I remember. But it's just a campfire story. Nikki and Brigitte aren't really Nikki and Brigitte. Nikki and Brigitte were real people, but this thing killed them, and it looks like them. And it can change to look like them. You've never seen them both at the same time in the same place. That sounds like a roll for Rosa. It's going to be a persuade. I rolled an 83 over 50. That is a fail. I'm going to push that. I'm just going to push it. How are you pushing it? Have you guys been here as long as Nikki has? No, we came in on different buses. I mean, they came the same day, but... So was he different the first day than the rest of the days? No, I mean, he was just Nikki. Diego found his body out in the woods. Yeah, it's out there. Uh Uh-huh. So the thing killed him while he was here. Brigitte killed him. So Brigitte killed Nikki 
But Nikki was still walking around. Because now it looks like Nikki sometimes. I'm going to walk over and put my hands on his shoulders. Harcourt, look at me. You watch a lot of movies, right? Yeah. You ever notice how in some of these movies, the main character is the only one that really understands the whole picture and the side characters are all like, oh no, that doesn't make sense until they get to the end and then they go, oh, you were right the whole time. Right now, you're the side characters. We are the main characters. You wait to the end of the movie and you'll understand what's going on. It's pretty scary, but it's true. Okay, that sounds like Rosa needs to push that roll. Big money, no ways. Yes! Hard success! 15 under 50. You gotta talk to them in their own language. I think you guys are crazy. Oh, without a doubt. That doesn't matter, Harcourt. Maybe not, but you have your plan and I have mine. So I'll let you take the boats if you want to, but just leave us one, okay? Deal. We'll come back out once the thing is dead. Yes. We've seen firsthand what those things can do. And all I have to say is maybe don't go to the docks. Maybe go a little bit up from them and try to avoid the camp. And you said that if we get it in the water, the fish will take care of the rest, right? All I can tell you is what I saw. So then Diego just has to like shoot it and force it back into the water. Well, we know it works on the, well, we think it works on the people that have been taken over by the leeches. We don't know if it works on the big mama, papa. Question is, is all those kids that are leech controlled dumb enough if we just made noise to like walk into the water? How much do they still got up top, you know? I was going to say, I don't think they're thinking much. If we walk in front of them, maybe they'll follow us. Ben, you got good B.O. Maybe we can use you. I don't think that anybody's ever called it good B.O. I guess so. I just don't want to see you guys get hurt, but it sounds like you know what you're doing. If we want to test it on one of the kids, we have to go a little earlier. I'm ready to go now. Let's try it. Then we'll at least know when we have time to come up with another plan if that doesn't work, like run. I'm going to hop in one of the canoes. Rosa hops into one of the canoes and Lindsay wipes the tears from her face, but remains at a distance from Ben. Give her a big ass diamond. That'll help. I don't have any ass diamonds. Do you have any regular diamonds? All I have are blood diamonds. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have any emeralds from your family's emerald mine in South Africa? No. Harcourt puts his arm around Lindsay and comforts her as the three of you get into the canoe. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) If I make it back here alive, you owe me a dollar. I guess she doesn't like me anymore. She's with Harcourt. Yeah, you don't need her. She wasn't good enough for you anyway. As we paddle towards the shore, I'm like, she doesn't deserve you. There are plenty of leeches in the lake, wait. Stroke, stroke, stroke. So the three of you paddle away from the raft in your canoe, and the moonlight is glinting off the surface of the placid lake. It's that beautiful time of twilight when the sky is still a little bit of blue-purple, but you can see the night just beyond it. Is this the part of twilight where we have to deal with the sparkly vampires? The stars penetrate the firmament, and there's plenty of light to see as you stroke your way across the water. You're about 50 yards from the raft when... How about everybody give me a spot hidden? I needed a 50, I rolled a 64, I'm a failure. I needed a 45, I rolled a 54, I also am a failure. I needed a 25, I got an 80. That means I fail as well. Where are you uh, going to land? Let's aim a little bit over towards there, and I'm going to kind of point towards a portion of the shore where the woods kind of come like right up, or just about right up to the the shoreline. How far away from the docks do you suppose? 
74 yards. That's a lot of yards. You drift, trying to keep an eye on the uh, docks. But as you get closer to the shoreline, the peaks of the cabin dip below that hill. You make beach beneath those low-hanging branches and are sort of half-hidden beneath boughs and leaves. You're now standing on the shore. All right, guys, we need to be careful. No telling where those things are, how many of them there are. When we beach the canoe, I'm going to take one of the oars. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I mean, I have nothing to protect myself with other than a rabbit's foot. Diego has his bow and arrow, and he has one of the arrows in his hand that he's constantly fiddling with. He's twirling it between his thumb and forefinger. Oh, God. I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. We got to be really careful because you don't know how many of these there are. Listen, seriously, we got to keep it down. We don't know how many of these things there are around here. I already said that. Shh. Let's go to the bunkhouse first. I left the back window to the uh, the bunks open. We can go around behind and slip through there. Be a little bit safer. Let's do that so we don't have to walk across the yard. But let's go as quiet as we can and listen as we go to make sure that we're not... Attracting any attention? Diego, take that one-person band jamboree off. Boom. But I'm a music man. Sounds like uh, stealth rolls all around. Oh, come on. I needed a 60. I rolled a 71. That's a failure. I needed a 20. I rolled an 82. That is also a failure. I needed a 60. I happened to roll a four. The band stays on. (laughs) So the three of you move up the embankment through this patch of wooded area, circling back around. About halfway there, Ben suddenly holds his fist up, indicating that you should stop. And like the three stooges, we walk straight into him. <laughs> Why I order? And he points toward one of the uh, pyres, and you can see several small figures, about your height, wandering around the unlit pyre and making a weird noise you can hear. They have hamsters. The sound appears to be coming from their feet toward the ground. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You assume it's the leeches. I thought they were in rollerblades. They were rollerblading leeches, yes. So rad. <laughs> we gotta out rollerblade the leeches to save the camp, man. Otherwise, it's gonna be sold to some tycoon and be turned into an oil estate. Oh, no. Ben indicates maybe moved slightly more into the trees to kind of circle around in a wider arc of the covenant. Diego, you're having a hard time concentrating in this dim light. The whole only thing you can think about is how much poison ivy's out here. Thankfully, you still have your long sleeve shirt on. So you're going to be protected from some of that. But you feel a little itchy going through. Rosa is having a really rough time trying to pick her way through the branches. And there are a couple logs that are in your way that you have to kind of clamber over and they're slimy and moss covered. You're actually starting to lag behind a little bit. You're getting close to where the cabins where you need to cut back through the woods and uh, get to the barracks. Rosa's probably lagged 10, 15 yards behind you guys. Uh, You don't even really notice uh, because you're all trying to be very silent and concentrating on what you're doing. Ben's actually taking the lead now. He's slipping very easily between the branches. And just up ahead, maybe about another 30, 40 yards, is the back of the barracks window. You can see the bathroom light on inside. And that's when you hear a voice behind you, Ben. And right next to Rosa, 
Diego, I thought you said you could keep a secret. Jesus fucking Christ. Turn around and just start stabbing into the dark with an arrow. Rosa has to sidestep quickly and falls to the ground to avoid being accidentally impaled or, or sliced with the tip of this arrow. And Diego, you look up to see Brigitte, but Brigitte is about 15 feet in the air, riding on the back of father, mother. Whoa. Oh, fuck. And she does not look happy. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. So Father Mother's on the ground. Brigitte's sitting up on top of them. Like riding them. In my brain, for some reason, they were floating in the air. (laughs) Which is scarier, so that's a plus. (laughs) Why does this always happen to me? What did you get us into, Diego? I succeeded my push. I am very, very happy. I successfully made one roll that was then immediately ruined by Brian. Anyway, I gotta go watch a Disney movie now. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, now it's time for some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. Brian, why don't you start us off, please? I am going to recommend a YouTube channel. And everybody needs to go and watch at least one of his episodes and you'll get hooked. It's called Beard Meets Food. It's a British guy who is a competitive eater. But what he does is he goes to restaurants that have a challenge. Like if you can eat this 56 ounce steak in under 30 minutes, it's free. And you get a t-shirt and a hat. But he goes around the world and does it. His latest is he was in Canada and he ate their punch bowl poutine, which was four pounds of potato, one pound of cheese, and a liter of gravy. And he smashed it out of the park. And it's basically him filming himself doing it, and he's got a voiceover. It's very entertaining. He's a very humble person, which makes it even better. Definitely give it a try. It's beard meets food. Uh, You'll get addicted. His videos are quite short, no more than like 10 or 12 minutes. So you can watch it like a quick jaunt and just get a little little funny pick-me-up. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. All right, uh, Lupine, you're up next. So some of you may know that I just got back from the Lothman Festival in West Virginia. And while there, I found a booth for an artist that I love. Uh, She usually draws cryptids. And so this was, you know, her natural habitat. Her name is Liz Pavlovic. And you can find her on Etsy. It's P-A-V-L-O-V-I-C. This is some of her work. It's Mothman laying down. It says live, laugh, lurk. And I personally hate the live, laugh, love saying, so live, laugh, lurk. It makes me very happy. She also draws lots of possums. And so it's a possum. And it says, oh, possum, my possum. I have one of her t-shirts that's a really fun take on a bunch of West Virginia monsters playing a string band. One of her sayings is, keep on creeping on. So uh, go check out Liz Pavlovic. Thanks, Lupine. And Matt, you're up next, buddy. We're back on track tonight because I'm going to recommend a game called Terra Nil. Uh, What this game is, is it is essentially a puzzle game about rebuilding uh, destroyed and desolate planets. Uh, You literally drop in and everything is dead. There's no life anywhere. It's up to you to use strategy 
to take the machines that you have to use it to regrow the plant life, to bring water back to the land uh, and set it up in such a way that, you know, you get wildlife to return and you make it this beautiful lush green planet again. And then you have to clean up after yourself, remove all of your machines and get away without a trace. And the more efficiently you do this, uh, the more space and area you cover that you bring back, the better your score. And of course, the better your score, the better you did. It's a really unique twist on the fact that it's almost like an anti anti city builder game because there are a lot of those games where you go in and you exploit the resources of wherever you are in order to just make things happen. This game, you're doing it in the opposite order, and it's a really fun challenge. Uh, there are varying degrees of difficulty depending on uh, what kind of planet you're on, what the environment you're in is, the difficulty curve you set for yourself in terms of uh, how many different machines you can have at once. It really makes you think, and it is a really great game if you're into puzzle games. So uh, if you're looking for a, a new game to puzzle out and you... Uh, you like making green spaces, uh, give Terra Nil a go. Appreciate that, Matt. And uh, no big shock for me guys tonight. It's going to be a horror movie yet again. I just recently watched Husera the Bone Woman from 2022, directed by Michelle Garza Cervera, starring Natalia Solian, Alfonso Dosol. Uh, this is a Mexican uh, horror film. It, it involves a young woman who... And her husband, who get pregnant, and that is an event to celebrate. Or is it? As the story unfolds, we glimpse more and more of the wife's past and learn why having her first child might not be the best thing for her. The film is suspenseful and filled with dread, told with a steady hand and even pace, rolling out supernatural scares mixed with psychological freakouts, a la Rosemary's Baby but never letting the plot feel hackneyed. The actors, some of them non-actors, I suspect, help keep the film grounded in real-life drama, and the secrets characters keep just ring true. I applaud the filmmakers for showing the darker side of pregnancy and parenthood and really dug the ending. So if you like something that's a, you know, maybe not quite the crickety-crack J-horror ghost thing, something a bit more leaning towards psychological stuff, uh, Husera the Bone Woman. Highly recommend it. Nice. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe in whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, visit lovecrafttapes.com for up-to-date information about our podcast and subscribe to our live streams at twitch.tv slash lovecrafttapes or youtube.com slash lovecrafttapes. You can chat with me in real time at discord.lovecrafttapes.com. And uh, if anybody has any advice on how to deal with an angry woman on top of a 15-foot tall blob monster, I would very much appreciate any tips and or tricks. You can hit me up on Mastodon or Blue Sky at the real weird kid and uh, if anybody has any tips on stealthing without falling into branches that would be much appreciated you could uh, leave me a note at linktree slash lupine vendetta all one word shakes fist at branches damn you trees until next time roll for raft good game by the way The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2023. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. 
Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.